The Bible talks about a specific demon called the devourer, which is given authority over the fruit of your house so that your fields would fail to bear fruit and prosper. In this teaching, we are going to talk about how to resist the devourer. Many of us struggle because we fail to have discipline over our lives in physical manners, but there are also spiritual matters that intertwine with the physical reality and decisions that we have to make in our day to day lives. And all of this begins with our relationship with God. It begins with how we love him. See, it's not just about desiring to love him. It's about loving him in the ways that he prescribed. You know, all these years ago, we had this thing around the love languages, which is basically simply figure out how your spouse desires to be loved and love them in that way so that they can feel loved. If you don't understand how someone desires to be loved, you can have your own ideas, but miss the mark and actually meeting the goal of loving them effectively. And so it is important for us to understand God's love language, how God desires to be loved. And what is so incredible about how God desires to be loved is that and this is really in alignment with his nature is God says one of the base ways you can love me is by loving your neighbor. And so I want to submit to you that when we show love to those people in the ways that God prescribed, we will start a journey of resisting the devil and he will have to flee from our lives and we will have to be blessed from on high. According to how the scripture says, we will be blessed, whether spiritually or physically. I want to submit that in the garden, this is really what went wrong. Did you know that there was a tithe in the garden? When Adam and Eve was in the garden, God comes to them and says, I give you all of this garden. You can you can partake in it, take joy in it, enjoy the fruit of it. But there's one tree. One tree that's off limits. But what did Adam and Eve do? Even though they had the 90 percent for them fully full access, they still went for that 10 percent that was off limits and they devoured that fruit of that forbidden tree. And then the devourer started devouring their lives. You see, when you act like the devil, you will get what the devil is given judgment, curse. But see, God has called us not to become devourers. In other words, just 100% give me everything I can get driven by greed, driven by my kingdom, driven by what I want, driven by my happiness, driven by my my desires. No, God is saying I am giving you abundant blessing. But that means that you need to give a portion back. You need to be able to have self-restraint and self-control so that you don't act like the devil who just wants 100 percent, but so that you act like Yeshua, who what did he do? He said, I come and I lay down my life. And then he calls us to do the same. Lay down your life for his kingdom and then you gain it all. I want to read to you here. Deuteronomy 26, verse five. 
Now, he's talking about how to respond to the father, which is really what we've been talking about. He says, you shall make a response before the Lord. A wandering Armenian was my father, and he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number, and there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly, humiliated us, gave us hard labor. Then we cried out to the Lord. He heard us, saw our affliction, our oppression, and he brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, signs of wonders. And then it says in verse 10, and behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, which you, Lord, have given me. Right. So he's saying you have to recognize first what God has done for your forefathers, how he has brought them out of Egypt, delivered them from slavery, done mighty signs and wonders. That in the least is what we have, the testimony of the truth of history of what God has done for those who have come before us. But in the very least, not just that, you can see in your own life, as he then says, behold, I bring the first fruit of the ground. See, God has blessed you with fruit. If you live, if you are able to work, if you're able to bring a produce in, you are able to see that you have been blessed by the almighty. It's not just about the testimony of that which has come before you. It's what he has now done in your life, merely in giving you the ability and the empowerment and the blessing from on high, because we have to realize that everything we can do, every whether we plant a seed and it grows, that's from God who gives life to the seed. Whether we live today and breathe today, that's God giving us breath. Everything we do is a blessing from on high, and we have to recognize that we can do nothing without him. And then he says now the following. You shall now set this first fruit down before the Lord, your God, and worship before him. And you shall rejoice in all the good that he has given you into your house. You, your Levite, the sojourner who is among you. See, dear brothers and sisters, if we are going to be like the first Adam, we're going to be a complainer. Adam said, oh, it was this wife you've given me that has caused all of these evil things to come about. See, it is when we complain, when we're a complainer about what God has given us. That we find ourselves complaining about the 90 percent and then even the 10 percent we neglect to give him because all we do is complain because of our greed and because we are not taking joy in what he has given us. But if we're going to be like the second Adam, like Yeshua, instead of complaining, we say, God, I lay down my life freely as what Yeshua, what Jesus said. And when you lay down your life freely and you truly rejoice in what he has given you in the 90 percent, if you will, then it's not going to be a problem to say, God, that tree that you asked me to not eat from, I will give that to you. I will not touch it. See, brothers and sisters, it's important for us to live as people who are a rejoicing people being fully satisfied in him. Let's read now further Deuteronomy 26 verse 12. And he says here the following. 
When you have finished paying all the tithe of your produce in the third year, which is the year of tithing, giving it to the Levite, the sojourner, the fatherless, the widow, that they may eat within your towns and be filled. And he says, you shall say before him, I have removed the sacred portion out of my house. And moreover, I've given it to the Levite and I have given it to the sojourner, the fatherless, the widow, according to all your commandments that you have commanded me. I have not transgressed any of your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. See, he is now starting to explain how he wants us to give to him in our lives. And he says, first off, you want I want you to give it to these groups, the Levite sojourner, the fatherless and the widow. Right. So this is some of the people that God says, if you give to these, it's like you give to me. This is how you can show your love to me and how you can make an offering to me. I want to submit to you also in other parts of scripture. We see, for, for, for example, Numbers 18, verse 21, the Levite is given that sacred tithe. We see in Deuteronomy 14, 22, the tithe of the feasts as well, which is a tithe that is you putting money aside so that you can keep the feasts of God. And then there is, of course, the tithe for the poor and the Levites of Deuteronomy 14, 28, which is these this tithe we're reading about now, which happens every three years where the poor is also included in the tithe, the fathers, the widow and so forth. If you want to learn more about tithing specifically, go watch my teaching is tithing for today. Today, we are specifically dealing with the devourer, not so much with whether tithing is for today and the proof text regarding those. Now, when we think about these groups that God wants us to give to, we first see the Levite, right? And now what does that mean for us today? Because, of course, there is no Levitical priesthood as there was here at the time of the writing here or in the first century. Now, many people think about this and and there's there's some controversy regarding it because some have said, well, you know, there aren't Levites, so we can't give to any type of person like that. But I would want to remind you here of a scripture in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 13. And this is what Paul writes regarding this. He says this. Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service, which is the Levite, get their food from the temple and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings. And then he says this in the same way. Okay, so he's he's saying just like that happened with the priests and they received offerings. Now he's saying in the same way, the Lord commanded those who proclaim the gospel to get their living by the gospel. So the Lord, that is Yeshua, Jesus gave instruction that because of this new type of uh, structure that is coming in, which is the structure of the church, the ecclesia, where there are going to be people like the apostles, like the disciples who aren't bloodline Levites, but yet will be building this 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 ecclesia, building this assembly, building the body of Christ. And he is saying these people are going to be in the same way receiving offerings 
as the Levites received offerings because they will need to live off of offerings because they do not have a typical secular job because the Lord has called them to that calling. Just like the Levites didn't have a secular job, they were called to be Levites. We follow the instruction of Yeshua here and we can give in that way to ministries that the Father has given and put on our heart to give to. Uh, furthermore, then, we have the poor, the widow, the orphan, uh, these that God has laid out that we can have him guide us on how to give to a ministry or to them directly in whichever way so that the poor, the orphan, the widows are cared for. One more thing I would just touch on while we're here is as many people say, well, the tithe, it was just food. You know, you can't give a tithe today unless it's just food. Uh, I would remind you that ultimately, when you think about the monetary system, when this commandment was given in Israel, they did not have a monetary system yet. They were in the wilderness living in tents. They traded with uh, with food. They traded with goats. They traded with uh, all kinds of things that were were able to be traded with. When we come into a world like today where we're not an agricultural society anymore, then and we realize we can recognize that people live and trade by a different monetary system. They we today we trade by money, dollars, whatever you use. And so we can do our tithes in that sense. In the first century, tithings were already being done in shackles and in the monetary system of that day. Brothers and sisters, I'll, I'll just say this. You know, when we start getting into the weeds with all of these things, it concerns me because we start missing the point entirely and the heart entirely of what God is calling us to do when we start getting lost in the weeds of what is tithing supposed to look like instead of let's give and let's give radically. Because Yeshua, when he was with that rich young ruler, he said, man, like sell everything you have and then come and follow me because the call to Yeshua to Yeshua and what he is calling us to live like is not just well, well, fulfill the minimum requirements. Yeshua in certain areas of your life can call you to go above and beyond that. And the question is, will you be obedient if the Messiah, if the one true God comes to you and asks you to give, will you be obedient to that call or will you try and find loopholes? Because I want to submit to you that when it comes to giving, people are so good at trying to find loopholes. I don't want to find loopholes. I want to give radically. I don't want to try and convince myself that it's okay to eat of the, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil when God has restricted that. And I want to just be like, God, radically, I want to give to you. That's what I want to do so that my house may be blessed as he intends to bless me. But it's when I don't live like Yeshua did, that he cannot bless me the ways that he desires. I want to submit to you just just a little story here uh, today. I just my personal journey a little bit. You know, when I was called by the father uh, to full time ministry many years ago, I was very uncertain. I didn't really want to do it. Uh, you know, I, I was torn all of this and the father with a sequence of events was confirming that I needed to quit my job and go into full time ministry. But here's the big thing. 
you need to understand that at a point at that point in my life, I was about to move to the US so I can be with my at that point soon to be wife. Right. So there is this huge burden, financial burden of immigration, which is an extremely costly endeavor. There's this huge burden of I need to become a husband and care for a wife soon on top of that. Right. I have to have a wedding soon and there's there's cost to that. Right. There's all of these financial burdens that I was facing. And on top of this, I want to quit my stable job to go into the uncertainties of ministry where I don't even know. I don't even know where I'm going to be, how I'm going to be provided for God. Like, are you serious? Right. That's like what I was facing. And on top of all of this, I'm, go- I'm walking forward in faith. I'm handing in my resignation letter. I'm at my last few days of work. I just got my last paycheck. And then the father comes to me and with this PD, I want you to take your last paycheck and I want you to give it to your coworker who has a financial burden right now. And you know what? Like I was so full of joy with it. Like Wow, God, what an opportunity like like, you know, like this is not for me like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. You know, I'm sharing with you the, the, the natural burdens from a human perspective we can perceive. However, I was so full of joy, like, oh, Holy Spirit, what an opportunity this is. Because I know, you know, I I know you love me. I know you provide. I know you're so generous. You died for me. How can I not be generous and sacrificial right now? How could I let fear come in the way of what you want to do right now? So even though that none of this seems responsible nor makes sense, I make the transfer and I send away my last paycheck. And it was so awesome for me to do. Let me say, brothers and sisters, as I entered my full time ministry, without a a paycheck. God has always provided. God has always been there for us, me and my wife. He he provided through, in fact, many of you who are even listening to this, perhaps you have you are literally a part of of that testimony all those years ago. And it can and you continue to be a part of that testimony as he continues to provide for me and my wife. But see, I'm just saying I'm sharing this because living as a full time minister, I get to be more intimate with the generosity and miraculous provisions of our Messiah than than anything else. And I want to submit to you that do not fear lack, do not fear not having enough, do not fear any of this, because I want to submit that our God is he says, I I clothe the lilies. I look after the little birds. Will I not look after you? And I want to submit that he will. He loves us so much that he abundantly provides for our needs. Now, I'm not I'm not promising you're going to be rich. I'm this is no prosperity gospel. Get out of here with that. This is not about that. But he is a provider and he does desire to bless us. And he desires to provide for our needs. Now, I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that this does require something of us. It requires us to be radically generous so that we can receive that blessing of God's generosity. If we are filled with greed, there will be more greed in our lives. 
See, I want to read to you Malachi 3 verse 10 here. We read this. It's a very popular verse, but I think very, very important. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says Yahweh of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. See, he's saying he's talking about needs. He's saying provide your needs. I rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruit of your soil and the vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Come on, some of us, we need the devourer in our lives rebuked because we are like in this cycle of working, 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 and it feels like It feels like the fruit of our soil is being destroyed. It feels like the vine of the field shall be is failing to bear. But he is saying, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Fulfill your portion and let me do my part where I will be the one to rebuke the devourer for you. See, brothers and sisters, it's not it's not a you can do as much spiritual warfare, causing out devils like whatever you want, rebuke the devourer. That's good and all. No, not against it. However, if you do not actually bring the full tithe to the storehouse, you you don't you're not going to unlock the key to God's promise that he will be the one to rebuke the devourer in our lives when we bring the tithe into the storehouse. And I want to submit to you, man, like sometimes God's going to ask you to bring more than a 10 percent tithe kind of thing, like he asked me to bring my 100 percent that month. But what a blessing it is when he calls and when we obey. Hey, man, if he's calling you to do something radical, yeah, see confirmation, ensure that it is his voice, make sure that it is what he is calling you to do. But if it is him speaking, follow through with what he's calling you to do and let him bless you because he desires to do miracles through you financially. I mean, what a blessing and a miracle that was for my coworker upon who who that came where she was blessed by the father and then the father blessed me for being a blessing to her. Come on, man. This is so this is such a this is kingdom living. This is not about God just going to church. It's not about just going being a religious, whatever. It's about living the life of Yeshua, not worrying, but understanding that he can bring forth the coin from the fish's mouth, even in the times when it's difficult. So, brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you this that when you think about what he's calling us to do, he said in, we read earlier in that in the book of Deuteronomy that it's called the sacred portion. Sacred means set apart. A sacred is holy. That means that literally in your finances, there is a portion that God is saying, I'm setting that apart as sacred as holy. And so this holy part of your finances that's supposed to be for him is to be set apart. But when we don't set it apart and we devour it for ourselves, we defile it and we defile our finances. But God wanting to bless us says, come and give that sacred portion to me. And I want to submit that even when things are difficult, 
even when it's hard to give that portion because sometimes it is man like really it was very hard for me to give that give that sacred portion yeshua called me that month when i was leaving my job it was extremely hard my flesh didn't like that my 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 mind that is a responsible mind a wise mind and an earthly mind didn't like that but when god speaks his word is more important than anything else no matter what i feel and I remember when I was, I'm, I'm just sharing some personal testimony. I remember when I was a student at university, you know, I, I didn't have much money to give anywhere. And I didn't even have like a job, right? I just have like a, a typical job. I, I just had a little bit of money come in. And even that I gave a $15 a month at that point, I remember tithe every month to where the father led me. And, you know, that was so little uh, in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, maybe for you, $2 is even a lot. And, you know, for that widow, remember, or that that poor woman who Yeshua saw, and she just gave a little bit and and Jesus turns to his disciples and says she's given more than anyone else here. Because see, he's looking at the heart. It's not about how much you're giving. It's about whether you're actually being sacrificial in your heart towards the father. Now, there is no burden of of this. This is not like like you need to give, you know, this or that. Like like this is there is freedom in this. But I would say be radical, be obedient, be free, be be obedient. Just follow his voice. Don't be burdened by it. Be because a burden comes because of fear. A burden comes because of doubting whether God's going to come through and provide for you. But don't be burdened. Give your burdens to Yeshua. Give your fears to Jesus and let him take care of the burdens and take care of you. I want to read this as well. Deuteronomy 26 verse 14. And he says this. I have not eaten of the tithe while I was mourning or removed any of it while I was unclean or offered any of it to the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, my God. I have done according to all you've commanded me. See, even when he is mourning, right? He's saying, I'm not giving my tithe away when there are distress and difficult circumstances. I am not going to give my tithe to things for myself or to unclean places, offering it to the dead or whatever, I'm going to give it where the father has called me to give it. Now, as we conclude here, I recognize that some of us may have been in a church or involved with a ministry at some point where there wasn't healthy teaching about giving. And so we may be very uncomfortable about this topic. And even uh, maybe you were around prosperity teaching or the prosperity gospel saying, you know, give your seed and, and you're going to become wealthy, give your seed and you're going to get healed. I hate that teaching and I'm not I'm not for that. You know, I stand against that. I want to submit to you that biblical prosperity is being spiritually rich and satisfied in Jesus, in Yeshua. It's about being so filled that you lack nothing and see the spiritually rich do not set their eyes on earthly riches. It's when you are spiritually poor that you set your eyes on earthly riches and that which the prosperity gospel teaches. I am talking to you about becoming so 
after the heart of Yeshua in love with him so that you become spiritually rich, so that your eyes are not set on physical riches. But then in this situation, this is this is the most awesome part of it all. In this situation of actually becoming spiritually rich, you actually find yourself in a place of blessing physically as well, having your needs being met physically as well. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the rest will be added unto you. That is true, but it is when we seek the things of this world that we don't find any of what we think we need, because that's not what we need. What we need is him. And then the rest is added to us. And so I will conclude with this for us. Proverbs 30 verse eight. And he says the following here. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. Lest I be fool and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. I don't want to be so rich that I forget his name, but yet I don't want to be poor and yet profane his name because I steal. That's what he is saying in Proverbs. And and that's my prayer for you. I pray that you are not poor and in poverty, neither are you in excessive wealth and riches, because I want you to keep your eyes set on him and to never be distracted from him. It is not a sin to be rich. It is not a sin to be poor. God has given us what we have and we should be honorable and 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 trustworthy with what we have. But I do believe that he does not want us to suffer. I do believe that he does not want us to to worry about where our next meal comes from. He has given us wisdom and intellectual self-control to be able to set up budgets and to be able to sit uh, responsible spending up for our household, but then also to be generous and give so that we can be spiritually blessed so that the devourer will have no authority. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would bless all who are listening to this teaching financially and spiritually and physically their households. Lord, that they would be able to have blessing and live blessed at the devourer. Lord, we command the devourer to go in the name of Yeshua. And I pray that you would command him to go. I pray that you would remove him from our midst. I pray that you would change our hearts to be generous and not fearful, to give our burden of fear to you and believe in you for the greater generosity that you have in store for us. Yeshua, I ask that you would change us, change this movement, change this people and make us a people that live out the gospel that is to lay our lives down, lay our finances down for you to have your perfect way in it. We pray all this in the name of Yeshua, the Messiah.